The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 80. Oh, that feels weird Yay. to say. It really does. Yeah, even number. I mean, like, you know, even nice round number 80. Even flow. It's not Pearl Jam today. <laughs> it It's not. But your, but your host who actually started this podcast a long time ago by reviewing that album, by the way, are Chris and Savannah. I'm just trying to point out how long we've been doing this for a while, though. 80 episodes ago, we covered 10 by Pearl Jam. <laughs> I think I had less wrinkles, uh, but I also had less filters on the video to cover up. My well, it was, it was nearly two years ago. And in this day and age, two uh, years can age you 100 years. <laughs> I am I am practically dead. Well, there you go. Witness our death today. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. And if you like and see what you hear today or even see today, whatever, regardless, whatever you end up liking, make sure you do a bunch of things to help out the show. Like, subscribe, rate, comment, share, follow all of those things, any combination of those things, even one of those things really, truly help us like in the algorithm, get people on the uh, eyes and the prize and everything like that. Just it helps the show a lot. So make sure that you're doing that because we want more people like you to join in on the show and hanging out with us as we build our musical community brick by brick by always brick by always whatever album. Every time you say algorithm, I just think that it's some guy named Algorithm that has to pat, like we have to pass this through him. And then he's like, okay, yeah, you're good. And then posts it and makes everything good. His name is Alfred Gorithm and he's like a yes. bureaucrat. So you have to go through like a bunch of forms just to get to where you need to go. And he, he looks like those uh, cartoon versions of Alfred Hitchcock, but with a cigar. I'm pretty sure he smoked a cigar, didn't he? I have absolutely no idea. Well, entirely irrelevant because we got <laughs> we got other things to talk about today. Yes. So make sure if you're to follow us on our social medias. If you want to find all the streaming links, if you want to request an album, you can do that too. We have merchandise. I'm not wearing my merch. I forgot that was last week. I'm not wearing the merch today. This is Rob Sheridan artwork. But regardless, wait, wait. Oh, video viewers, you see that? That's a mug. That's one of the things you can get. The merch is also there and everything like that. Found at RateTheRecord.ca, so make sure you're checking that out. And yeah, just uh, being part of everything that we're doing. And that's the the, the hub for everything. Yeah, watch us, like us, love us, please. We're lonely. Yeah, 80 episodes and we're still lonely. So is this even working? Are we sure anymore? <laughs> I, I don't even know. I, I only do this because it's my only human interaction for the week. And I really appreciate you spending a couple hours a week with me. Um, I, I declare finish. bullshit because you do everything to try to undermine me as much as you can, just as much as I do you. So, Well, if you didn't deserve it, I wouldn't do it. Well, I guess I should be thankful for some sort of interaction myself then. Anyways, we do have some people here with us, like, for example, the people who have been to this podcast before. Hey, welcome back. Glad to have you here. We were glad to have you for four, four seasons, last week's debut. And we're ha glad to have you here again. But to everyone new in the crowd, welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy your stay. Uh, have a good time with us. Join the musical community. We want to hear what you have to say about all the things that we do. And what do we do on the show? Well, each week, Savannah and I will choose an album, be it completely at random. We just choose whatever we want. That's like today's episode, for example. Maybe we'll do an anniversary album like last week's episode, the debut of season five, when we looked at 
that public enemies. It takes a nation millions to hold us back. I'm surprised I said that cleanly as I did. <laughs> and we do requests, plenty of requests. We've had plenty. We got more coming this season, so stick around for that. But regardless, we will take an album. We'll listen to the whole damn thing. We'll discuss it front to back. We rank the songs and then we rate, rate the, record. the record. You know, there, I was actually just watching a couple of older episodes yesterday and yeah. like, for the longest time, you never joined in on that. Like, you, yeah. I, it was just me going through it super quick, and that was it. Well, you know what? Times are a changing, and uh, shenanigans have begun. Oh, are well, you I mean, summoning I Bob Dylan can... back? <laughs> oh, I hear you. Bobby hears you from the grave. He's not dead, by the way. <laughs> not dead at all. Uh, he's alive and miserable somewhere. I don't know. Oh, Lord. Please, every time we bring up Bob Dylan, all I imagine, or not even imagine, I just picture um when he had like i don't know justin bieber hair Justin just bieber go, hair. just go, just google that bob dylan had like blondish like straight hair it was a lot if i'm not lazy in editing i'm going to put an image over top of the screen audio listeners you're just going to have to google it i guess yeah it's it's too much i've noticed in the past i've said i'll do something in editing and then i don't do it and while i'm editing i'm just like too fucking bad i'm just like melting off to myself yeah, it's blonde. It's straight over his bang, like over his forehead. Would you say it's blonde on blonde? And I'm going to murder you. And he has a beanie on, so it, it's terrible. It's actually been a while since I've done one of those. Okay, so I it at least once if you if at least once it was never if it was never. Sorry, we're doing Bob Dylan eventually again. But until then, we actually have to do episode 80, which is Savannah's choice today. And today is the Foo Fighters, or just Foo Fighters, I guess without the. And their 1997 album, The Color and the Shape. And boy, they spelt it like Canadians. I didn't notice that for the longest time. I I. I was like, is this a typo? It's like a living color situation all over again. Right? Well, uh, instead of just telling you the factoid that it's spelt like Canadian, despite the fact they're Americans, Savannah has more to tell us about the band and the album. So uh, go ahead. Why not? Right. Foo Fighters are an American band formed in Seattle in 1994. After the death of Kurt Cobain earlier in the year, Nirvana drummer Dave Grohl decided to record songs he had written over the years and in 1995 released them under the name Foo Fighters rather than under his own name. By 1996, Grohl was on his way to writing a second Foo Fighters album, but this time recruited additional members to complete the group. Not, I don't want to say not much happened between the conception and what he was doing, but, you know, if a loved, ba- beloved band member and friend pass away, you're going to throw yourself into your work. And really all that happened was work. That resulted on May 20th, 1997, Foo Fighters was released The Color and the Shape, produced by Gil Norton and recorded in Washington State, Washington, D.C., and Hollywood. The album spawned three official singles, Monkey Wrench, Everlong, and My Hero. In 1998, a re-recorded version of Walking After You was included on the X-Files movie soundtrack and was later released as a single, had a music video, all that stuff. Reception to the album was generally positive, with Rolling Stone giving it three out of five stars, Spin giving it a six out of ten, and our friends at All Music went all out with four out of five stars. Ooh, generous. (laughs) The Color and the Shape hit number one on the Australian Alternative Albums chart, but only reached number ten on the U.S. Billboard 200. Bastards. It is certified platinum in the United States, the United Kingdom, and Canada. And like we've said before, 
platinum status is different in each country, but it's platinum nonetheless. The album was nominated for a Grammy in 1998 for Best Rock Album, but lost to John Fogarty. No offense, but who the fuck was listening to 1997 John Fogarty? That is, that's fact. This is like uh, the Jethro Tull controversy over again beating Metallica, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh my yep. God. A whole new decade, a whole new controversy. Yep, and uh, he won over Aerosmith's Nine Lives, which uh, the song Pink is on that. That should have won just for that song because uh, it's ridiculous. Um, the video was ridiculous. I I don't. Oh, I remember the other two, but I can't recall them. They were they were like, I don't want to say worth it, but they're substantial albums that John Fogarty won over. And I don't understand it. So hopefully we're not doing CCR because I will probably bring that up a second time. Uh, if we do, you're bringing it up or it's a request. I mean, <laughs> you're not going to hear it from me. Fair enough. Listen, I don't hate CCR, but I mean, I wouldn't bring it up on the show. Let's say that yeah. much. Uh, I would solely because you said that now. Oh, well, th- there's already an artist you've added to the list that I've been talking a little bit of smack on. And that's going to be fun to do. Uh, I think I you actually did. I can't recall who it is. But chances are I, I did because I am a shit disturber like that. So <laughs> I, I, I wish I could say more, but I'm not going to because <laughs> I don't feel like editing anything out because yeah. now we just got to get right into the actual podcast. Now talking Heck about yes. Foo Fighters, the color and the shape. So let's get into it. Song number one, Doll. Uh, I picked the album. So you go first. I knew this was coming because it's <laughs> like every single time. <laughs> Almost. So this was like a, a a much softer opening to the album than I was anticipating. Like, I guess, to be honest, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Uh, I think I told you just off camera, the only Foo Fighters album prior to this that I heard, uh, what would you, what'd you say it was called? Uh, for better, oh, for worse, whatever the no, hell it was. The... <sighs> I don't remember. It was the, it was the one with Learn yeah, to Fly on it. Yeah. Anyways, remember. that was, I've heard the most of that one and like only like the singles from other albums. So I haven't like, I didn't really know what to expect going into this one. So far softer than I would have anticipated, but that's not a bad thing though. I mean, it's it just, it's short. Uh, it's only a minute and 23 seconds. The frames refrains brought up a couple of times. Uh, it's a pleasant start. And I kind of wish we got a little more out of it actually. Cause I think it could have gone to like a pretty interesting direction if it kept going. Uh, the album is actually called There Is Nothing Left to Lose. There you and go, yes. A, a, I keep wanting to say all you can't leave behind, but that's a U2 album. So uh Oops. Okay, you've um, mentioned YouTube a few times throughout the seasons besides yeah. the album that we actually did. So I'm yes. surprised you haven't added one to the schedule yet. Um, I If I do, it's probably going to be pop just to see what it sounds like. <clears throat> Fair. <laughs> um, so for Doll, um, it starts like it's a demo, which I actually kind of appreciate because, again, like you said, it just I was not expecting it all. I sort of wish that it stayed like that because I did like the process sound and it would have been nice to sort of go into monkey wrench like that. I think the duration of the song was good. I don't know what else they would have done with it. With the, I, I liked it as a intro, I guess, like a preface to the album, of the like a I- foreword. The way that I see they could have gone with it is like, cause it's, towards the song, like it kind of like picks up a little more and more as it yeah. goes, but it never gets like heavy. It never hits a huge peak. But I feel like, cause they've done this with a couple of other songs on this album too, where they build, they build, they build, and it's something grand at the end. They didn't necessarily yeah. need that, but they could have built it up a little more, kind of like 
eased into the energy of Monkey Wrench a little more. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a, like a really cool connection. Uh, this one kind of just drops off at the end, despite how short it is. So I don't know. I would have went about it a little differently, but it's not a bad track to start the album. Yeah, I, I like the uh, the contrasting sort of slow and then Monkey Wrench. There's not even a note before it's just bam right into the song. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and that's it. Like no time, no space. I kind of like that. It uh, it doesn't offer you energy. It throws it in your face and you have no choice but to catch it. It's so the I ultimate like how psych it, moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of liked it. It wasn't bad. Yeah. You signed up for softball and then you just it's like full out baseball and then just getting whipped at you. <laughs> With full grown adults and you're like 12. I didn't bring a good bat. Mine's a cheap wooden piece of shit. <laughs> I know nothing about baseball, so I'm just going to make minimal analogies about it. I know enough to know you're wrong. Okay, they don't use baseball bats. I'm sorry. They, 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 they no. kick in baseball, right? Yes. <laughs> Soccer, baseball. Yes. Kickball, it's called. I've seen this argument online and it's just, we grew up in different areas. My it's not called, called kickball. No, that is the action. You kick a ball. It's called soccer baseball. That's the dumbest. Con- you, can, you know what? We can't, we can't do this. This is like a whole separate this podcast. Is, yeah, this is not even it. All right. And so just, uh, I mean, whatever. We'll just transition. Even though this transition was probably even better on the album. Not our transition, though. Song number two, Monkey Wrench, the actual single. And this is more or less the energetic start that I would expect from the album. So although now, like kind of like looking back on it, having this as a second song after such a short first song actually works. I like that because it's it's kind of like a concert. How like some some of the bands you'll see like have a curtain in front of the stage, and yes. then they start playing a song without dropping the curtain, just to kind of mm-hmm. like they're there. Oh my god, let's get excited! And then that first note hits of like the very and energetic the, second song, and then it drops. <sighs> yes. Oh, I didn't picture that, but I can so see it now. And Monkey Wrench would be the perfect yeah. song to drop the curtain to, right? So there. Hell you go. yes. It's a I curtain like dropper, a panty dropper. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I wasn't there in 1997. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea, though. That's that's awesome imagery. Yeah, and I I will give a blanket statement uh, because I could have done it in the last song, but it didn't really uh, show it too well. Um, but the tone of of the uh, guitar distortion, I really like the sound of it throughout the entire album. Very clean, very full, like in in. Knowing that he came off the like Dave Grohl came off the grunge era with Nirvana and where everything was kind of like messy with that. Like, it's so cool to hear everything like clean, despite the fact that he comes from that. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Great production. Everything's super clean, clear, and for the most part, purposeful. So there's a lot to enjoy about this, like this album. But this song, too, like displays all of that. Hell yeah. And like specifically this song, I've always really liked I, I don't know if I'm describing this properly, but like the scaling up and down of the song, because if you listen to the riff, it like goes up and then it's just it. It feels like it's rising in anticipation all the time. And I like that a lot. And the part that really gets me of the music is the end of the ver- the verse riff line where the guitar does that. Like, um, how is it? It's like a You're talking about the one in ten part. Uh one and ten, one and ten. Probably. Maybe, but I, I wrote it out like it, it does a little one, two, one, two, three. So it's like it goes, I don't know how to, else to describe it, but it goes. And then when it drops and everybody hits at the same, I love that. 
Are you talking about it's the part like, where there was like a this like pause? One of them had a very long pause between two. Dan and Anna. Yeah. So like that part at the end of every riff line, I absolutely love that because nobody's left out. No one's lagging. Everything is on time. Everything hits at the same time. And whether it's this song or any other song that does that, I love hearing the entire band completely in sync. And just you hear silence around just that one uh, joint note. I love it. I've always noticed it in this song for decades and super down for it. I I love it. It's just yeah. like it brings you up and then it drops you. It's like what? Uh, what 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 is it? D, I don't know what to call the electric music from like 2012, you know, with the drops and all that electric music from 2012. Yeah, yeah oh, I got dubstep. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of what they used for that, where it was just sort of like you know, that anticipation, then you get that drop. Oh, that dropping loves. the bass is what it's Yeah, called. that's it. I don't know. I'm fucking old. <laughs> I, I don't even listen to dubstep, but I've heard the term more than once. Yeah, so. I've heard it, but did not, did not recall. <laughs> I know the part you're talking about, and yeah, I I, I think mm-hmm. that's pretty neat. I, and as I mentioned before, like, there's that one that's like, I think at the beginning of the song where it's like specifically a long pause. It's like one or two notes longer. Yeah. So it kind of keeps you for a little while and then drops it like when you're not expecting it. So that's pretty cool. Kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, like, uh, I do like the pre-chorus of the song, which I mentioned before, the one in ten part when he's like, one and ten. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that because I'm also kind of going off this idea that you were talking about how like it, like the, the scaling of the song, how you can mm-hmm. go down and up and everything like that. It starts pretty high in the intro. You got this mid uh, in, in the verse and then the, the pre-chorus is like this like lower like riding the E string type of thing. And then the course blows back up higher. Yeah. So the cor- uh, the pre-chorus is like this lower part with the one in ten part. And I, I, I've always really liked that because I like the way it kind of like leads into that. And then the course just feels like it explodes in. Yeah. So, yeah, they like they do a really good job with that. And it's a cool transition, too, just because like. Between the verse and chorus, it sounds different enough, but it fits so well. So they did a good job with it. Uh, and I will say, though, uh, the final verse, I find a little grating. Uh, it's because of Dave Grohl's eighth note screaming. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of wish they went. I kind of wish they uh, did it a little differently. Like there are songs, even on this album where Dave, I like his screaming. And then there's other times where it's just like, you probably didn't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> or do it differently. This one, I didn't like it too much now that it like killed the score of the song i just if, if i'm gonna have a gripe that's gonna be it interesting i did write anyone else try and scream the bridge in one breath just for the lightheaded high <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, w- I would i would imagine he probably can't even do it live i, I i've never oh. seen them live so i don't know <laughs> yeah me ni- me neither but uh i i imagine maybe a couple years after uh having like releasing the album he could but then probably after a while he's like okay now i'm i'm starting to see stars so no i'm good like unless he has super good like lung and diaphragm control then chances are like there's no way he's pulling that off in one take like especially on the album he probably did like one of those like two or three take type deals yeah and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that you don't have to try to be superman and go all the way to the entire fucking thing but like i'd be curious to see live video i've never even thought about that to be honest yeah, me me neither. The only live videos of Foo Fighters that I've seen are really when Dave Grohl is being cool, um, when it's Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins um, are interacting in a 
you know, funny way or when they bring fans up on stage and they absolutely kill it, which well, what is about, sick. Uh, a, a year or two ago when they brought that uh, that 11 year old girl, Nandy Bushall, to play drums on stage. I can't. I think that's her name. I don't think I've seen that one. I've only uh, seen guitar players. She became a drum prodigy on like YouTube and maybe even TikTok. And uh, she was like a huge Foo Fighters fan. And so like Dave Grohl reached out to her and like they had like a drum battle on the Internet. Huh? Uh, which obviously is a super cool thing for him to do. Dave Grohl, if you don't know, cool guy, by the way. Oh, known, such a cool known guy. cool guy, Dave Grohl. Uh, but yeah, he, I can't remember where they played, but he invited her out to play a show. Like, And uh, I think she played uh, Everlong with them, actually. Oh, shit. I have uh, not seen that. I don't know if Taylor was playing along too, but like she was definitely like playing on stage in front of everyone. Like the drums were moving. She was literally hitting them. And I think yeah. she was even mic'd. So, I mean... Wow. When she plays it online, it sounds great. She's for her age, she's a prodigy already. So it's a good thing her parents, like, you know, did all this stuff for her when she was young. So you can, like, really nurture that gift. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe when she's 20 and, like, uh, Foo Fighters are, like, maybe looking, thinking to wrap it up, maybe they'll bring her on tour and be like, hey, you can be our drummer (laughs) for our last, uh, our last hurrah. Yeah. Sorry, guy. She's coming. Josh Freese. Josh. Yeah. I I don't know. Josh Freese, also super cool guy, also known super cool guy. Oh, really? I think when I heard his name the first time, I was thinking of uh, John Frusciante from the, the Chili Peppers. Yeah. You, and then I was like, this makes drums? no sense. Uh, yeah. I was like, I'm and also, isn't he on tour right now with the Chili Peppers? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They're, they're touring right now. Yeah. And oh. he, he rejoined the band a, uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And so, I mean, or, that I knew. I just didn't know they were touring. Interesting. I guess they oh, never yeah. stop. Can't World stop, won't the- stop. <laughs> They went to Toronto a little while ago. I was going to go, but like it was at the Rogers Center in Toronto and t- even the cheapest tickets were like 200 bucks. So I was like, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Can't do. Sorry. Bye. Oh, yeah. All right. We'll move on now to song number three. Hey, Johnny Park. I swear to God, I've heard this song before. It sounds so familiar. I have not heard this song before. Oh, my Lord. That opening riff reminds me of Billy Talent, though. It's no knock on anyone. It's just it has like that. I don't know. Early early 2000s like i don't i don't know rock punk kind of sound to it i like it no knock on it i like it with the fact that you've made that note there was a note it it might have been this song and i can't remember now but i was gonna make a note about saying wow this is like the most 90s sounding song on this album it might have been this song but i actually purposely told myself not to write that note and now that you (laughs) said that i'm like i wish i did so i could reference it it might be this song there there was a couple where i was just like wow this sounds like really really 90s and i get it 1997 it's like right in the peak of this shit so like right in the alt rock scene there and we i think we've done a couple albums from this exact time period that you've chosen so there is no way we haven't if i am part of this well show. i mean we fucking did tripping daisy i mean yeah. like there you oh, go yeah. and like that had a lot of very 90 sounding guitar riffs in there too i'd say from 1995 to 1998 that is just like the peak of what savannah likes it is if, terrible <laughs> it is also terrible but is i love it terrible it. though i mean it's, it's not terrible it. music um, I think it's terrible that I refuse to stray from three, from a four year span 30 years ago. But, uh, you know, everyone gets stuck in a specific time period. That just happens to be mine. Because then you get to go back and hear like Natalie and Berglia and her like peak and everything like that. So there you go. You get to go to listen to Austin music. There's more than yeah. just her too. But I mean, like I was just listening to the song when the morning comes like about half an hour ago. Oh, yeah. I was just like, that's a dance. That's a banger. What the hell? I love it. 
My favorite song from her was released in the 2000s. So, I mean, maybe it's just a testament of her longevity. What's she doing now? We'll talk about that later because <laughs> we have to go through Hey Johnny Park right now. Yes. Um, I do like the, uh, there's just like this soft layers uh, in the verse, like that pan, like left to right and everything like that. It might be like a ringing guitar or something that kind of comes in and out. Mm-hmm. That's pleasant and enjoyable. I do like that. And there's like a great energy to the track without going too crazy as well. So I picked up on that as well. So it's kind of good to guide you through the entire thing. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you take over from there only because like, I think my other notes very specific and that's kind of like later in the track. Um. So I figure for someone who says that they can't read music, Dave Grohl comes up with some pretty solid hooks Um, while reading about the album. uh, He obviously has written all of the songs, but the newly brought in uh, band members, they were helping with the arrangements and stuff like that. So just generally, I would assume that the whole idea comes from Dave himself, which uh, solid. I really liked this song. I could probably listen to this song forever and there's a vibe about it that pleases me. But now that you're mentioning that it did might be the one to you that sounded the most nineties. I'm like, maybe that's the vibe that might be the vibe. I think we pinned you down a while ago. So I mean, like <laughs> this isn't even shocking like, anymore. And so, but sometimes it's shocking for me where it's like, Oh, why do I like this song? Hmm, I wonder. And that's just like completely obvious to everyone around me. I'm like, I just can't put my finger on it. This is like I I don't know how to I I don't know the name for it, and there probably is, but like this is how I describe like the 90s all rock sound. So like you got like you're like a rock chord progression going on, but then there's one chord in there that kind of deviates from the norm and goes into this weird minor chord down and just Mm -hmm. kind of like diverts your expectations of what's coming next like and every band we've done with that sound that you've chosen does the exact same type of thing (laughs) so i think that's what it is like that's my idea of what the 90s alt rock sound is yeah that's not a bad thing like it it it, it can sound cool sometimes it's a little overdone but i mean i've heard plenty of good examples of it so that's probably what we were thinking as well one of these days, I'm just going to have to compile 10 to 12 songs from the 90s that I like, send them to you, and you send them back on. Yeah, nine to 10 of these have what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's that's uh, what the, the uh, mixtape video is for, that we did it last year for the anniversary, and hell, we'll just do it again this year. Why not? Another mixtape, volume two. I enjoy doing that. We should, definitely. Uh, joke's on you. I already have your songs ready. <laughs> I've been doing it for like... So, I am so obvious. Uh, well, no, no, not really, but like I, I had this new batch of ideas and I know what you didn't like from last time. So I'm just like, yeah. let's try these instead. Yeah. Oh, uh, all of it is Dillinger's escape plan. Oh, hell yeah. And it's like they're like like uh, calculating infinity days when they're really loud and chaotic. Terrifying. <laughs> Uh, okay, I, I, I want to talk more about that, but we can't because we actually have things to do like this. Yes. Uh, so I will name the specific part of the song I was talking about now. Um, so another gripe, and this is a real nitpicker. Like this is not like, th- this isn't even worth anything anymore. There's a part where they use this brief phaser effect on the whole mix at the two minute and 58 second mark. By the way, timestamp, just like last week, and you're like, oh, I don't want to be that person. Fuck you, I'm that person. Yeah, I don't want to be that person anymore. Well, because now people can reference exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, no one listens to me anyways. Okay, continue. continue. But anyways, uh, I didn't really feel like it was needed. Uh, it didn't do anything. Uh, it, it didn't 
match the vibe of the song at all. It's just one of those things where it was like a weird addition where they just threw it in because they wanted an effect because mm-hmm. they didn't know how to transition properly. Although if you listen to any other song on this album, they transition just fine. I mean, like Monkey Wrench did a great job of it. Yeah. So like it leaves more questions than anything. I just didn't think it was sounded all that good when it was used. So I'm just, I don't know. Questionable production choices. Again, didn't ruin the score, but at the same time, it's just like, uh, why'd you do that? I don't think I noticed it. Good. If if I did, like, every if time I, I did, bring something up, you never notice it anyway. So why do I even talk? Yeah, no, no. It's just like it. It may not have bothered me enough. Um, there is very little on this entire album that I was like, oh, please stop. I think there was one, but I didn't feel it significant enough to write it down. So this might actually be my most positive review because there's just a lot of it that just didn't really irritate me too much. Um, I found that this track retained the energy from the last one, but without the aggression. So it was kind of like a mini come down, which is nice to get already. I don't think I would. No, that's a lie. Okay. I wrote that in the wrong one. Um, my last note. I like this. This is good. I don't think I would. I like this. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I would say so. That was a great yeah. transition. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of great transitions. <laughs> My poor brain is what it is. Hey, there you go. That that now you picked it up. Yes. Yeah, because I think we're done talking with the other ones. So, so yeah, song number four, indeed. My poor brain. Oh, you please. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, wait a minute, it's that thing, isn't it? Even though you went first last time, so haha, tricked you. Yes. Yes, you did. Um. Yeah, you, you're talking about like, oh, if there was a pickup, but not too like energetic or anything like that. Like there's energy, but like not too much. This one had a very super noisy intro to it too. Like, but then it goes right into like a soft rock style verse. Yeah, yeah. And I was it, thinking, my poor brain. <laughs> it's quite jarring, but I will say it got a smile out of me, so I definitely didn't dislike it. I thought it was interesting uh i I actually wrote down some imagery for this one too yay mental imagery we do this sometimes in the podcast yes uh i'll read it verbatim too it puts imagery in my head of someone losing their shit and still trying to stay composed okay because like the the, like the chorus and the intro are like they can get loud and noisy and everything like that uh but then like the verses are very like soft so it's just like someone who's just like ready to snap then i'm like hey how's it going okay yeah yeah it's like you're bottling it in and then once you get home you're like freaking out that or public that or it's just like you out in public the entire time but it keeps going back and forth between the perspective of you outside and then you inside your brain your brain is like the noisy part and then outside is the the quiet part of just like going to the store that's all i'm doing i i can relate to that and uh yeah i kind of got the same thing not as vividly but with the chaotic intro, that was kind of what I was getting with the sort of stuff going on. And then it evened out. Uh, I didn't catch it too much on the choruses, though, but definitely the intro. Uh, I like you said, I like that the verses are a good setup to the louder, more intense chorus. Uh, the hooks in the chorus is definitely the star here. I he just writes like good songs I not all of them are timeless and like, you know, masterpieces like some that they've released, but uh, the Foo Fighters between 2005 and 2019. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) I don't know enough about them to know what that means. Well, because you said they're not all timeless and everything like that. So anything from those albums are kind of forgettable. Oh, yeah, and that's probably why I have no idea what you mean. You um, I've only really heard their sing like 
in all uh, honesty, I've only heard their singles. I have not heard an entire Foo Fighters album other than this one and maybe their debut decades ago. And that's it. So. Hey, you said in your NMR that you were going to listen to the new album. So you got to hold up to that end of the promise. Oh, yeah. Well, because uh, from what I was reading that it sounds uh, sort of like their first two. And I know that I like these ones uh, just for the sound and maybe it's the notorious 90s sound. But uh, but yeah, so I definitely have to. Um, I don't know if I would find this song as memorable outside of the chorus. Kind of just the mental recalling. Oh, what does that verse sound like? I could do it better with the chorus. So it's sort of uh, eh, hit or miss with me, I suppose. And the ending should have been a few bars shorter. Uh, but the chorus, that's exactly what I feel like about the next song, actually, yeah. which we'll get to in a minute. Um Actually, I do like the back and forth of the verse and the chorus on this one. I think they work well here. Like the mix of soft and then heavy plays well yeah. off of one another. So I do enjoy that at the very least. Even though, no, it's not it's not super memorable, but at the same time, it was enjoyable at the very least while I was listening to it. Yeah. And I actually feel like the song is shorter than it actually is. It was just, I really liked how this one was like playful and everything like that the entire way through. And I thought it had only been like, maybe three minutes by the time it ended, but it's three and a half. So mm -hmm. not that much longer, but still I, it, it felt shorter than it actually was. So that means I was enjoying it at the very least. Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I just kind of brought it up a second ago, so we'll get into this one now. Song number five, wind up. So I guess I'll just jump to the one about the chorus first, even though it's like my second note in, uh, I thought it was like one of the weaker courses on the album. Yeah. Uh, it just didn't really catch me at all, but I mean, like, the hook didn't do anything for me. The melodies didn't do anything for me. It just, I caught nothing out of these ones. So I don't know. I, I wasn't too hot on that. Um, and also I'm, I'm, I thought there might've been a theme going on with this album too, because this one also had kind of a noisy intro to it as well, but this one kind of devolved into instead of soft rock style, it went into like more of just a generic rock track, maybe butt rock, if you want to call it that too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, hey, Foo Fighters have got a number of songs that sound like that. And oh, that's not, they totally do. Not necessarily a bad thing, but I'm just saying, like, it's the, they're a rock band. What do you expect? It's going to happen at some point. Yeah. And there was definitely parts of the track that I enjoyed, too, like the instrumentals and the bridge I really liked. And other than that, though, I will say that this one didn't catch me too much. So, yeah. again, it probably comes a lot of it comes back to that course, too, where it, it's supposed to catch you. Didn't do it too well for me, though. I get that. I I mentioned that it was quick and painless. Uh, I appreciated the length. It, it did what it needed to do. I don't think there could have been any more to it, really. Um, I, I heard some definite punk influence because it was a little bit more like, I don't know, out there, like in your face a little bit. Um, but I do like that the screaming is only for emphasis and isn't running rampant through the, throughout the record for this song it's just sort of there and then it goes right back into singing again which i really appreciate because if it was just screaming the whole time i would probably would have just skipped it and then just told you suck it up why well, i didn't listen to it <laughs> but it's just like i don't know i i didn't mind it it's not my favorite but i didn't mind it yeah fair enough i wasn't uh necessarily huge on this one either mm -hmm. again mine goes back to the chorus the rest of the song wasn't awful but yeah it just this one, I mean, you're going to have some slogs on the album. It's going to happen. Yeah. This one's not necessarily scored super low for me either, but just, I, I agree. Like this one just, I could do without. Yep. I get that. 
Cool. Moving on now, we're just fly, trying to fly through this at the very least. Number six, Up in Arms. Uh, and I, I thought when this song first started, it was like an interesting change up into like a ballady type of track to start it off. But obviously it does give way to a faster and heavier second half, which. Yeah. So I do like the switch up. I will say though, like at this point in the album, I was kind of wishing for something like a little like slower, which we do get later in the album. Uh, because just like we're six songs in, you can, you can slow down for a second, but it, yeah, like the quiet part just felt too brief and it started, and it also started very quickly too. There was like no real lead into it. Yeah. So I also thought that was a little weird. I thought there was like, there could have been like a little more buildup into it, but what do I know? I, I did like what it gave me though, for the brief amount of time it was there. The heavier part was good too, but it's not, I mean, I, I, I just wanted a slower song in this part portion of the album. That's it. Yeah, just something to sort of like, I don't know, freshen up your uh, the your ear taste, your ear taste buds. Exactly. Yes. Um. So I guess my review for the song is pretty similar to yours. Um. I'm just gonna read it verbatim, whether I repeat points or not. Uh, I like how this one starts. It's slow and patient, but then kicks into high gear and sort of feels like the last track, like it would be the last track on the album. Uh, fast and intense, and I could see this being covered by a pop punk band. There wasn't much for me aside from the swerve at the beginning, but it's not a skippable track at all. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, it is a decent track in a short runtime. It's only two minutes and yeah. 15 seconds. So, I mean, <laughs> right. like, you can get through this pretty damn easy. And yeah. it gives you a few different things to work with it because, again, you get the slow part, you get the quick part, and there's like just different feelings in between. So, there's definitely something to enjoy regardless. It's not the best song on the album, but I, yeah. I do like what it gives you, though. Yeah, and if you're listening to the album and you don't like this one, keep it playing, hit the toilet, come back, and it's over. Yeah, seriously, you, you can, like, get up and just, like, get a drink, make some food real quick or something like that. You, in it. the time it takes for the song to start and end, you could actually make a bag of popcorn. <laughs> so there you go. By the time you actually hit the end button, the song's over, and then we go into song number seven, My Hero. Yeah. Which is, uh, like, one of those big singles by the Foo Fighters. Oh, like, ginormously gigantic. Actually, you start this one only because I, I was I was going to do this in my notes. I was going to write about uh, the streaming numbers for the, some of these songs. Ooh, so tell me nice. some of your notes and I'll jump into the album real quick. All right. So the intro is so memorable. And as a single, and I wrote this for Monkey Wrench as well, but it's like you recognize this song immediately. Even if you don't know the song title or the name of the band, you hear the beginning and you're like, shit, I know this. I know this song. And with it, I've absolutely always loved the drums here. They are played with this intensity that you don't really expect. Because if the if on a scale from one to ten, you have the intensity being at like a four or five for the song as a whole, the drums are being played at an eight or nine. And I always appreciated that with this song. I it's like I can imagine how many holes that he busted through those drum heads just playing. And I absolutely love it. Yeah, because it sounds like the, uh, he hits like the heads pretty hard and everything. Yeah. Like that. So it's definitely got that going for it. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to look at the streaming numbers. and I was going to write this down, too, because like I knew this song was popular. And this is obviously a very popular Foo Fighters songs on this album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this song is actually the second highest streamed song on the album. 323 million plus streams. Wow, I do not doubt that at all. Well, do you, want, uh, you can probably guess what number one is. 
Oh, it's ever long. It's absolutely. <laughs> 871 million streams. Wow. It's it's closing in on a billion. And we're at least somewhere between two to ten of those just this week alone. Dang, that's, yeah, I, I can see it. They're like timeless songs where you you can't really place them in 1997. You can just, they, they seem like they've always just existed. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I mean, that might as well be in our lifetime because, I mean, these songs are the vast majority of our lives at this point. Yeah. So we, we grew up with these on the Much Music Countdown and everything like that. So that just think about that for a minute. With some solid fucking music videos to go along with these songs. Oh, yeah. The Everlong video. It's like amazing. One of oh, the best okay. up there. Even uh, My Hero, the guy running into the burning house and they're playing oh, yeah, in there. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, anyone outside of Canada, uh, whatever your music video station was when you were younger or whatever, TRL in America or MTV, yeah. uh, and I don't know what it would be in Europe or anywhere else. But yeah, you know what we mean. That's exactly what much music is. But anyways, yes, my hero, uh, those drums, yeah, absolutely fantastic opening. Very memorable. Probably one of the more memorable openings to a song. Yeah. Because I know you kind of said that with like Monkey Wrench and everything like that, but like it's something about these drums, especially recently too, because of the passing of Taylor Hawkins. And I know like they got Taylor's kid to come on stage and play it with them and he did the drums. Yeah. And so a lot of people streamed that. And that's probably a lot of streams came uh, from that alone. Uh, so it's just before that it was really popular, but I think even now it's just grown exponentially. Mm. So this is definitely one of those like iconic rock openings. If you ask me like top iconic rock openings, especially in the modern age, this one's up there. That's what I mean. You hear it. You hear the song start, whether you know the song or you have never heard the words Foo Fighters. You're like, I know the song. It's just it. You, you pull that file out of your head and you're like, I definitely know this. this is a super familiar and memorable. And the songwriting in this is just mwah, like even if you're even if you're young and you might maybe only know like uh, the best of you or some like modern uh, the others or what if, I can't remember what the other times like these. Times like these, and what would I say? You're not like the others, something like uh, that. That song too. Uh, Is it literally called the others? Pretender, the pretender. Oh yeah, you're the pretender. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. you might be young enough to that maybe like those are the Foo Fighter songs you heard kind of growing up and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, I feel like this is one of those songs that like if you hear, it, you'll like you will know kind of regardless. Definitely. And like there's there's other few Foo Fighter songs that might fall under the radar, but like this is one of those ones out there. And what helps that too is a very catchy chorus, like lyrically, instrumentally. It's great hook too, very easy to sing, very memorable. There's a lot kind of going on too, so I, I really like that. And I love how like warm and uplifting the feeling of this song is as well. Like again, just not even going off the music video, which has like a warm, uplifting feeling, quite literally with fire with the warmth. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this type of track just feels like it fits well in the middle of the album, and this could have even gone like a little closer to the end as well, but. I kind of like how this either ends side A or begins side B. I'm not certain which one. Mm -hmm. I uh, the bridge still keeps on with the same vibe, but it like amps it up some more, and I like that. I like when the bridges sort of stay consistent with the song because it feels like it it feels like it belongs there rather than it being a snippet of a different song kind of put in there. I guess so. That was nice. Um, so I was list. So I was listening to this while I was doing some like computer work or whatever. Cause like, I'll listen to the song and I'll make some mental notes. I'll go back and actually listen to it and actually write my notes. So I, I got lost in this song, even though I've heard it like 
a hundred, hundreds of times before, right? I was still surprised that four minutes had passed so quickly because by the time I was like, oh yeah, I should probably be listening to the, oh, it's over. Okay. It's just, just, it, my brain accepts it with open arms. It's just, it's one of the, I can get lost in it so, so quickly. And I love it. It's the- my my stupid little observation. I'm just looking at my sheet here and like I didn't I don't didn't write this as a note. It just popped up in my head as you were talking. I hope there's some sort of like conservative Christian parent group out there who will just like get angry at anything because the song's called My Hero and it's four minutes and 20 seconds long. And that's 420 Hitler's birthday. So yeah. therefore, it's just like, oh, this song is about Hitler. Don't like this band because just because they'll get they'll get mad about anything. Right. So, I mean, like. Okay, so have you ever seen this video of this one lady and she's talking about monster energy and how it's the sign of the devil and stuff like that? Yeah, that's pretty recent, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure, um, but that's kind of what it reminds me of because I, I have a monster can right in front of me and I'm looking at it going, oh my God, the devil. <laughs> I literally just watched this video about this guy claiming that Call Me Maybe by Carly Jepsen's like a calling of the Antichrist or something like that. <laughs> or she is the Antichrist and she's like trying to lure you to her. Like he went in debt. Like I wish we did a lyrical oh analysis like that. Oh my god! You know what? One episode. I just want to break every song down as if it's about Satan and just like just break it completely down like that. I gotta. I, we gotta do it. Oh my god! I'll take the views. RTR after dark. Or I mean, into the light. I guess I don't know. <laughs> We're helping Jesus in this one. We're not helping the devil. Why would we help that man? Out of the dark and into the light. Oh my lord. Uh, but yeah, with this song, though, uh, great energy and feeling all around. It stays really consistent, and the uh, different guitar layers like really help pop this one out a lot, too. So I, there's a lot to like about this song. I don't know how you couldn't like it. A hundred percent. Absolutely. All righty, then. Moving on. Song number eight, See You. Uh, or see you. I don't. I, I got to think of a better way to say it. Regardless, it's see you. Um, what a, it, It's a really strange switch up from the last track, too. Like, it's it's... There's your slowdown. It's, I mean, to an extent, yes, I to guess so. Extent. It's a very bouncy and lighter song, but it still has like that kind of a quicker pace to it and everything like that. Uh, I do appreciate like the cleaner acoustic tones and like the sonics in this song, but it, like this one wasn't grabbing me though. I can tell you that much. Um. All right. I only have four points. I will run through them quickly. One. This song is cute, but it feels like filler. It's not even two and a half minutes, but it definitely felt longer than that. It was okay. Probably wouldn't hear this outside of the whole album. Sounds like it would be in an animated Disney movie. Uh, I, I agree that it kind of felt a little too long because I, I did notice that I, I was getting my fill pretty quickly. <laughs> so right, me it's, too. Good that, it's good that the song was only two minutes and 26 seconds because I was like, yeah. man, if you push this even a minute longer, like, oh, I would have been like, you should have you called it quits a while ago. Yeah, that, that would just tank it but yeah it's it was definitely filler material yeah this is one of those things you just kind of throw in because like you put it between my hero and then the next track which we'll get into in a second which is kind of a noisier song too yeah so i guess like yeah this is like one of those points you just need but like it's not ballady enough to be like a slowdown or a breathing point because again it's still kind of bouncy yeah so it's just yeah it's weird placement i guess i understand why they did it but i'm still not huge on it I agree. I 100% agree. 
All right, moving on. Song number nine, Enough Space. And um, right off the top, uh, I will say that I really dig the panning effect that opens up the track where it's like this cool, playful, like a little effect to do that's kind of going through the speakers and everything like that. Yeah. And it actually sounds good, unlike that phaser effect I mentioned back in, uh, what, <laughs> uh, Hey Johnny Park? Yeah. This one I actually liked because uh, it started out the song and it was still kind of like a distorted sounding effect too. So it kind of like suits everything that's happening. So whatever. I appreciate it. It's fine. It sounds good. I felt it was a little disorienting, uh, but like when you can it, feel it moving though, like in your head, yeah. you feel, I like that. And it, it like made me feel a little weird, but I think it was only this. It only took the second time that I was like, okay, I actually kind of like this. The first time I was completely caught off guard, but the second time knowing it was uh, coming up and anticipating it, I was like, okay, this, this isn't that bad. And it wasn't too fast for it to be irritating. It was just enough. Yeah. It wasn't and like I feel bouncing like, super fast. In yeah. The skull there. And there's like a fine line between too much, not enough and just like appropriate. And I felt this was appropriate. Yeah. Like, and it didn't, yeah, it didn't last too long. So yeah. I mean, that's what makes you appreciate it a little more. I kind of wish they did something like that in the song, like during a verse or something like that. Maybe it would have been overkill, but I don't know. I, I, it's, it's kind of fun when you can do things like that and like actually have them be appreciated. So I don't know. I, I like stuff like this. Do it a little more. Could be fun. I don't know. Um, in it's actually funny how to like I this song reminds me of like a Nirvana track. Like just the way it was composed reminds me of something like out of Nirvana and. I mean, I guess it's pretty interesting considering that uh, Dave really reminds me of a lot of Nirvana's drummer. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, we're just going to move past that dumb joke. And I'm just going to read you this point because this definitely rides off your Nirvana comment. I feel like this one was written far before this album came out as it gives me 1992 to 1994 vibes. I know it's not too far off, but there are little pockets within decades and genres that if you know what to listen for, you can narrow it down relatively closely. This does get harder as more modern artists get to rep like begin to replicate older sounds. But listening to this, it pushed it. It wasn't a 1996, 1997 song or sound rather. It was earlier 90s. So maybe that was actually the case because I heard it. Well, not Nirvana specifically, but that time frame, definitely hear it. Yeah. I mean, th that time frame that you gave to kind of fits to like, like 1992, 1993. That's yeah. like literally between Nevermind and In Utero. So who knows? Maybe this is an older track that he wrote, just kind of yeah. kept for a while. Because I know like a lot of them came out on his debut album. But I mean, like maybe he kind of had this one in his back pocket for a while, didn't know what to do with it until like the band showed up type thing. I'm definitely looking this up while you were talking. Uh, and here's a song where, again, I mentioned before, I'm not usually huge on Dave's scream, but the screaming in this one, especially on the word space in the uh, the chorus, uh, I actually think it was really well done. I thought it sounded great. So this is one of those times I'll say it actually works. This doesn't happen all the time. So Dave, take that compliment. Because, you know, my opinion means everything. So you, you have to take it now. <laughs> Fair. Um, I don't have too many other points for this one. Uh, I really like the audible bass, not only at the beginning, but throughout the whole song. There haven't been a couple songs that I can hear the bass in. Majority of them, the bass just plays along, does what it needs to do. It doesn't kind of stray too far, which I don't know whether this being the second album was kind of like, oh, let's play it a little safer, a little more adventurous than the first album, but still, you know, a little safe because we don't know where this is going. Um, I would have been, I would have loved to see this played live when it came out 
that would have been nice. And uh, I'm down for it. I liked it. Yeah, it, it, could, it could have been. There's a number of songs in this album that could be fun to hear live, like not necessarily even the singles either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this one's another short and sweet song. I mean, it's only two and a half minutes again, like two minutes and 36 seconds. Yeah, there you go. And it gets itself out in like an orderly fashion, everything like that, as, uh, as much as you could say with that grungy tone to it. So, I mean, like, sounds great, but I actually wouldn't have minded another minute. I feel like they could have done a little more with it. So, yeah. I, like, I was having fun with it. Didn't feel like I got enough, but I'm not too mad about it either. So, I, I don't know. There's a mix of things, but overall, yes, I did enjoy the song. I do like it. Okay, so... Uh, just before we move on to the next song, uh, I just found this Reddit post. Now I haven't read it, so let's hope that uh, mm-hmm. let's just hope that it gives me the information. Um, so somebody put fuck, oh, see, of course, when I search something, it's in the comments. It's not the actual thing. Don't you just hate that? That's stupid. Um, oh, okay, there we go. Uh, okay well that was clearly not what i was looking for but anyways apparently the song uh was originally created as a set opener in 1995 so i don't think we're too far off so yeah that that was around the time he was like had those pocket of songs for the first album yeah and this was like post nirvana and he was he, he could have very well written the song like because I know that he was like kind of writing his own music while he was in Nirvana, but like he didn't yeah. do anything with it. Yeah, he was like too shy about it, which I get. And then, yeah, then after Kurt passed, it took him a little while to get around to doing it because he was like so, uh, like, well, he was obviously in a bad spot with yeah. Kurt. Yeah. Uh, so, like, and then I, I was watching something about it not too long ago, actually. Someone convinced him to kind of, hey, you got these songs, you might as well do something with them. So then eventually he did. Yeah. So yeah, like maybe this song kind of came out of that kind of like pocket of songs that he originally wrote and just didn't use all of them essentially. So yeah. who, knows? who knows? Well, it, it fits here and I like it. It sure does. Okay, so song number 10, moving on now, February Stars. And I do like the quiet come down in this track. And I know we've had moments of it so far. We've kind of commented on them and everything like that. Yeah. I wouldn't have minded if this happened a little earlier in the album, too, because I kind of hinted at that before as well. Uh, even though there's a pickup later in the runtime, most of the song is like on the quieter side. So mm-hmm. I don't know, just this was nice to have. And maybe it is nicer to have it at this far into the album so you can kind of like calm down a bit. So. Mm-hmm. I like what the song is giving me so far. Um, I'm on. Un- I was unsure if I liked this one. I did mention, like you did, what a come down from the last three tracks. Uh, this one on the track list was placed perfectly. Um, I think it was good to come after three f- sort of. I, I guess I don't want to say faster, but just like more intense uh, songs that came before it. Uh, although it was a brush- breath of fresh air. I think there are some places where that's all it feels like. And I didn't really feel like I got much from it. Weird, because like, I feel like the song gave a lot, like by the end of its runtime, because I mean, like two thirds of the song is obviously like this very soft and smooth ride. So it's like just yeah. quieter, it's nicer to have, it's easy to float on for a while. Uh, and it's, yeah, it, I, I appreciated those few minutes that we got with it. Then the pickup is really great, though. I will say that it's not too abrupt. The transition into it like really works well, and it just fits the atmosphere of the whole song. Like it doesn't just change up completely. Like a, like it's a second song in one. Mm-hmm. So I do like how that was written. I thought it was a really good job. 
And I will say too, uh, again, I feel like we have to mention this once at least every single episode. We don't do lyrical analysis on yeah. the show. Uh, if you want to do that, it has to be a full-time job. So coffee.com slash rate the record. Go ahead and check that out. In <laughs> uh, noticing the lyrics, like I've had over the few listens I had, uh, like I was noticing them. I didn't even look them up originally. I just kind of like noticed what he was saying. And I really kind of appreciate this message in the song is about like, holding on to what you have because like how how fragile life is mm-hmm. like that's my interpretation of the song although i mean it could be a, about a number of things I, apparently i've heard too it could be about like failing relationships and trying to hold on to that uh, yeah. the song could be about kurt cobain as well uh so there's always that to consider but regardless i i do like the message in the song i thought it was really nice and like this is one of those songs i would have like if I heard this back in like the late 2000s, like this would have been nice to have, you know, besides just all my sad, angry music that I was listening to at the time that this, this would have been one of those uh, nice things to have. But if this song was about Kirk Cobain, I wouldn't be surprised. So I would, I'll say that much. Um, I felt it was okay. Just okay. And that it just felt like a typical rock song. It wasn't like, like, Hey, something special is happening. It's just kind of like a, Hey, I'm a song on a record. Yeah, you have to wait through to get to the next one. I don't know. The song did a good job of building up into that heavy ending there. So I just, I don't know. I, I no, no convincing that. me. The score's already set in stone. That's it. Nope. No, no turn back now. Redux in the future. No, I probably won't. I will not remember. Good, because you still have to redux Shad anyways. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> you I, owe I don't it to think, the man. Yeah, I don't think my number one is the one that I've been listening to constantly. You can't change your song rankings, only the album rating. That's oh, it. No. Song rankings would be too complicated. Then I have to go back and change shit and everything like that. Mm. And then our number ones list don't mean anything anymore. I stand by it. Cool, you better. You have no other choice. All right, moving on. Uh, the the big one, uh, song number eleven, Everlong. And like, maybe it's just me, but like, I know we showered a lot of uh, praise onto uh, my hero, but I feel like this is the quintessential Foo Fighter song. Like, oh, a hundred percent. This one has to be. It's, it's iconic yeah. for so many reasons, and obviously, obviously, like a, an amazing video to top it off. Like, this has to be it. Like, like again, I made that comment earlier about like, oh, if you're young, maybe like the the best of you or whatever is like the song that you know. Maybe that's your Foo Fighters song. Yeah. But when you ask me what I remember, like this would be the first one to come up. Like Everlong is it? Oh my god, I had I had something I was gonna say, and then I was listening to you, and then I lost it. Because you were agreeing, my words were just so hypnotic. Well, no, I a hundred percent agree. Oh, what it is is there would be a fiery like. It would be a fiery riot if they played a show and did not play this song. Even if this song was included in some sort of multi-song mashup, you have to play at least a part of this to satisfy the desires of those who showed up. And that's how you know that that is your song. Or, Or it's no longer your song, it's everyone else's song. And that's definitely this one. That's like seeing Nine Inch Nails live and they don't play like Head Like a Hole or Hurt right? or something like that. Yeah. Like, there, there are concert staples and like those Google two. Are, you like, not doing it. Like, it's funny because like Head Like a Hole is usually like it's the set ender before the encore and then Hurt usually ends the encore. Yeah. So like you don't hear one of those end it, then it's just, it feels weird. Yeah. You're like, oh, they have to come back. They have. How is this show over? I feel so like you feel cheated and the money you spent for your ticket, you didn't get what you paid for it in music just because you didn't hear that one song. You're like, 
two hours of song, whatever. I'm looking past it. You didn't play ever long. I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> I think Nine Inch Nails only did it once where they didn't end with Hurt. They ended with another song, but it's the, the with the tour they're doing, the song they did and how they ended it, it was sense. perfect. Yeah. Uh, which oh, I'm not going to get into detail now. I, I might have mentioned that back in our Year Zero episode, like back mm -hmm. on episode 18. So maybe I talked about it there. I don't know, because it was one of those songs. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So uh Everlong definitely has to be a staple. One hundred percent, I agree. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I love the sixteenth uh, note hi hat, like riding through the like entirety of the verses. It's really good at keeping up that high pacing, so it keeps the song. I mean, the riffs are already exciting as it is. Like that, the guitar riff alone is pretty like memorable and iconic. Yeah. Uh, so that sixteenth note just kind of helps like drive the pacing even more. So I, I don't know. I really like it. It's just a lot of fun. Oh my god! Thank God you said something that I thought too. There is so much to love about this song, but I always have and still adore the drums. They just add so much and the song would sound so naked without the constant hi-hat during the verses or the massive hits through the chorus. A hundred percent. I heard it. And that was, I thought that that might annoy me because for some reason I had never really noticed it before. And I think that's how you know that it belongs in the song when you don't notice it until you're looking for it. And you're like, oh shit, that's been there the whole time. Clearly it didn't annoy me before. And I imagined it not being there. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't like it. <laughs> I wouldn't like it nearly yeah. as much. And it's probably subconsciously pushing the pacing along for you. Yeah. Too. So oh, hell like, yeah. It, it's really helping you without even you realizing it, you know? Mm -hmm. I like it's, kind of, it, it's kind of like how your brain tells you how to breathe. You're not just doing it manually all the time. Just like, you oh, there's, a, there's something happened. But now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> how do I breathe? I don't understand. Hey, if anyone tricks you with that, with the blinking or breathing thing, you'll notice it happens for like a minute. And then like your brain goes right back to auto mode. Yeah. Your brain's like, even this is stupid. It's just, it's just torture for the first little bit they have to do it. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Um, uh, another great thing about the song are the vocals. Uh, great in so many aspects in this one too. Like the quieter parts, uh, parts the yell, uh, the yelled portions of it. The melodies are great. The emotions all there. Everything fits so well in this. Like you got to think because like obviously they they wrote like a lot of great songs around this time and like we've already talked about a few of them and everything like that. But yeah, it feels like the writing of this track in particular was like different. Maybe it took longer to do. There's just something about this one that just knocks it out of the park. Um, I I wrote like my hero at early. No, the next one. I bet that after the success of the debut album, Dave Grohl chalked it up to being a member of Nirvana and the curiosity of what he was going to release after Kurt died. I bet he didn't anticipate the song to be as big as it was and still is. And my last note, I do have a couple more, but my last one just says, I love this song. Everyone loves this song. Well, and he must have figured too, the video probably helped a lot too. Oh, I mean, hell like yeah. How did you not watch that video, see the giant hand and just the weird cartoony like black and white film thing going on? And then like even as you mentioned off camera when they all kind of broke out of their costumes and they just got like Dave's got the like the guitar in his suit and just breaks it out. Play. <laughs> Taylor breaks out of the dress with the whole drum set inside of it. Like that shit's cool. It's it. great. Oh, heck yes. Uh, and yeah, also the one other thing, too, I kind of I wrote this note a little late in, but still it. I wanted to add it in. Uh, the chord progressions in the verse are super cool too. Uh, it makes the song that much more fun. I noticed it was like it sounded like a little different from other tracks. I can't really explain much about it because I'm not good at saying which chords are which. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a huge music theory guy, but I do know that it sounded different enough that it stood out to me, and I really like it. Um, I just have a couple more notes. Uh, not too long. 
just about the the sort of quiet uh, speaking. Well, I guess it's not really speaking. It just sounds like a really muffled phone call. Um, oh, it yeah. it just you don't have to know what's being said. You just know that something big is going to happen when that's over and you're listening to it. And you're just like, there, there's no way that it continues on like this. Like it has to bust right back in. And it definitely does. And I really like that. Um, like my hero. And because this one was a single, you know, the song, as soon as it begins, it's just a first, first couple of, uh, guitar notes and you're like oh i know exactly what song this is so i feel that that's a sign of a well-written and memorable song and i did not know nor did i think that everlong was this far down the track list i don't know why i didn't i thought it was a lot sooner or like a lot earlier in the album so i was actually kind of disappointed that it was this far but i was surprised and pleased when i finally got to it because it's kind of like panning for gold you know you get that little gold speck and you're like oh my god this is awesome and that was when this song started well yeah i mean not every album has to have all the singles on the a side you know so i mean like i i like sometimes when that happens because especially not not saying that there's a bad a side to this album yeah like there are albums that like it's usually one side weaker than the other and it's usually the b side but yep. like if you have like a weaker a side and then you jump over to the b side and it's just like oh this got some fucking bangers on this side like yeah so the fact that you have like everlong and you also have uh my hero i might no i guess not i guess it wouldn't start out. i don't i actually don't know the division of the album so i couldn't tell you mm-hmm. who knows maybe i'll have to pick up the vinyl one day or savannah will check wikipedia and wikipedia doesn't give me anything so fantastic fantastic yep it just uh they probably released it as a compact disc um yeah where sides don't matter yeah right but meanwhile we just we we always discuss side a side b because like i mean well we're called rate the record okay i mean like so record we we have to go through through the whole idea of like a vinyl flipping you know exactly I, I do like assume that my hero was anyway. <laughs> I, I assume that my hero would be the oh I I see what you're saying. Yeah, because it's what like around eight tracks per uh vinyl piece itself. Seven to eight it's it's like roughly twenty minutes of music, twenty to twenty-two minutes uh minutes of music per side, I think. Oh, okay. Hmm, Something along the lines that I can't I can't yeah. remember the exact uh mathematics behind it. Yeah, maybe one of us will have to pick that up. Sure. Moving right along now to song number 12, Walking After You, the one that I think we kind of mentioned earlier about whether or not it was a single. Yes, yes. Um, Now, everything that I wrote in my review here was written before I wrote the introduction where I stated that it was re-recorded. So... If so, it sounds like I've I have no idea what it is that I just spoke about, it's because I didn't at the time. <laughs> so wait, quick question then, and maybe you'll know the answer. Uh, this the version that we're hearing on this album is this? Yes. Is it different from the X Files version? So I'm going to answer your question with my first note. Sweet. The the single version had to have been trimmed. There are parts here I don't remember from the version I've heard multiple times. The way he the way he is singing at the beginning has a lag to it that I don't remember. So it was either cut or redone. So I'm pretty sure like this one is 
different. This one's the album version. I like the other one because that's the one I'm most familiar with. Uh, so is the X-Files version, is it like still acoustic and everything like oh, yeah. that? Like, yeah. Oh, okay, I, so like they didn't do like an electric version of it type thing. No, it, it has the same vibe to it. I think the singing is a little different, you know, with the re-recording. You're like, oh, they sound a little different. Or if yeah, you're so used yeah. to singing along with it and you're out of time and you're like, no, I've sung this like a million times. That was me in this song. I was like the fuck is this? <laughs> this is not what I'm used to. I wonder to. why they had to re-record it and not just use the original because like right? if, you, if you need it shorter, then you can literally do that in production. You don't need to re-record the track. Yeah. It's, it's strange. It's like, oh no, there's imperfections. Let's do it again for x Fox. Let's do it for Fox and Fox Mulder. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Uh, but yeah, like I, I had mentioned to you that I, I swear to God I heard this track before, but I don't it, maybe it is the X-Files. I don't know. But like, I don't remember where I heard this, especially with the refrain of like, I'm on your back. Mm-hmm. That line to me is memorable. Like I remember hearing it, even the melody of it. I just, I could not tell you for the life of me where I heard it. And then you mentioned to me, there's a video for it that I'm pretty sure I've seen, but I still don't think that's where I originally heard it. Like, I, it's just one of those things where like, you got this memory that you can't quite place, you know? Oh yeah. But you know that it's like, super familiar i'm trying to look up why they had to re-record it but uh, i'm not finding anything that is appropriate the, the, so. the idea of like the, the memory that kind of like uh you can't quite place it for years that was me saying that when i was young my mom used to take me to this like really cool restaurant where they made like the best ice cream sundaes ever and i fucking loved it didn't find out until i was in my 20s so that was the zeller's restaurant <laughs> they had like the the one that we lived near oh my god like that that yeah best ice cream sundae i loved it so i remember it as a kid and now they only have like the zeller's pop-ups now so they don't have the restaurants i don't think and even if they did it wouldn't be the same anymore it's just it's not the same it's kind of like apple jacks you know delicious as a kid not so great now kind of like fruity pebbles delicious as a kid not so great now okay so there are just a couple things that i have to say not regarding the song but regarding the things you just said one (laughs) i have strong opinions about zeller's two good or bad um Apple, who, why did you like Zeller? Zeller sucked. It was always dirty. And they I didn't go there. I went there with my mom. Yeah. I was like single it, digit age. Every, everyone's like, oh, Zeller's, it's so much better than Target. No, Target it's is better. It's the Canadian Target. That No, it's not. Zeller's fucking sucks. Target it sucks. I worked up. there. I know. It sucks. Yeah, maybe if they planned it out better. It and played music in the aisles. They didn't play music in the store. It was fucking scary working there. Yeah, Everyone well. Everyone hated it. It was one of our biggest complaints. At least you knew that when people were coming up behind you, because you could hear them. So at least you could. You but then could I can hear a baby at the opposite end of the store. I hate that. Well, then just start screaming yourself. Who cares? Um, two. Shit. Now I don't remember what you were saying. Um, <laughs> so Zeller sucks. Oh, and then number two, ice cream sundaes, restaurant. Oh, oh fuck. I uh, live near it. Uh, oh, uh, no. Apple, Apple Jacks. Jacks. Yeah, that was it. Apple Jacks. Uh, never liked them. Fruity Pebbles, Fruity Pebbles. I don't know whether it was just the region of the province that I grew up in. I've never eaten them in my life. So go fuck yourself. Don't know if they're good. I did like tricks because I bought that from the States. That's um, most. <laughs> that was Canadian. Most, like, bought it from the States. I mean, that, that was yeah. Canadian. I bought it here. I ate it here. Uh, like as a kid, because it definitely yes. was not shipped up where I grew up. Hell I, no. I, I mean, I've lived in Hamilton and Stony Creek my whole life. So I mean, uh, like, uh, we had it here. And uh, uh, that was before they changed the recipe, too. Remember when everything went one, three less sugar? Remember those? Uh, well, yes, but as long as Fruit Loops still taste as good as they do, I don't care. 
fair enough. But anyways, anyways music. <laughs> back to back to the song. Um, I used to like the song. I don't know if that's really the case anymore. It sounds nice, but it just it's repetitive to me. I still think I just like the re-recorded version or a radio edit. I don't know if the song needed to be five minutes long. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty long for what it could have been. It could have been like just a three, three and a half minute song, and yes. I wasn't fine with it. Yeah, uh, I do really think the acoustic tones in this one. It feels like a very intimate performance at the very least, so it's nice to yeah. have. I've been saying like I want a quieter song, want a quieter song. Well, here it is. Definitely. Now, for the most part, I do like this song. Yeah, the length is a little much, but uh, there's one thing that puts me off a little bit about the song, and it's like the light cymbal work on the drums. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the drums are extremely minimal. There's no, no like heavy drums. It's very very light almost jazzy style. Yeah. Uh, I know heavy cymbals wouldn't work in a song like this. Uh, maybe it's supposed to be like, what it is, like it sounds like it's like a mallet hitting the cymbal softly. And it's just kind of like this light splashy effect that's kind of going through the entire song. Like he just keeps hitting it. Uh, and maybe it's supposed to be like that subdued splashy type of layer to the atmosphere. Yeah. But I think it's a little overdone and it really starts to like really detract from the sound after a while. Like I'm noticing it a lot in my headphones and I'd, I've never noticed it on my first couple of listens but then the third one was like what is that sound it's just like yeah i could do that for five more minutes by the way and (laughs) once i started to notice it i was just like oh it's bothersome like if you do it a little bit to kind of like enhance parts of the song in the atmosphere like like, a rise something something a little more of a dreamy effect in certain portions i can get that but like the entire song it's just like uh i don't know yeah so uh, that and the length of the song, not so much. But other than that, not so bad. I like it. Yeah. Uh, beautiful guitar. I feel like the way that the song ended would have been nice as the last song of the album, kind of give you like a slow sort of peaceful ending sort of takeaway. Uh, but aside from that, I prefer the radio edit. Not a bad song. It's just not my favorite. There you go. All right. So moving on to song number 13, uh, what apparently was supposed to be the last song of the album. <laughs> oh, we'll, yeah. We'll get in that in a second. New Way Home. Uh, and obviously, I do like the pickup of the energy as we're nearing the end of the album or technically at the end of the album. But the thing is, like, there wasn't, at least in the first quarter, there wasn't a lot that grabbed me about the song. I was just like, yeah. this is what we're getting towards the end. I mean, like, this is like nothing so far. But there was a pickup around the middle of uh, that was started to get fun. It started very quietly, and there was like a long, slow build to this gradual pickup of speed and everything like that. And just kept going and going. And I think the payoff in the last quarter of the song felt worth it for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the buildup was a little long, but I, I kind of like what they did to kind of bring that all together at the end. So I, don't yeah. know, I enjoyed that much. Um. So I definitely getting the signal that it's approaching the end of the album. It's one of one, if not the only song to really give me that notification where it's like, okay, like we're kind of, we're ending this now, which for some reason songs are, they kind of give me that vibe. So I'm getting that from here, but it's good that it is the last one. Um, it wasn't really doing too much for me. And I'm actually surprised that it's only the second or third song to really make me feel that way. And in an album of 13 songs, it's good. It's a good percentage, especially with my track record of being completely annoying about what I'm listening to. And possibly hard to please. I am just, you know what? I just know what I like and what I like is nothing. 
Why are you here? <laughs> I have, you know what? Because I have nothing else to do at this time of. I gave you a weekly occupation, not an occupation, a, a thing to do. There you go. Yay, I did something. So, um, <laughs> I, I can see parts of this song in like a late 90s coming of age movie. It just kind of has a, I, I don't want to say like boppy feel to it, but it, it just, it, I can see it. Um, where where the main characters are walking across a uh, high school campus. Everything is bright green, and you can definitely tell that seven other movies were filmed at the exact same place. It's the same football field from Breakfast Club. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. The exact same angle and everything. And the, and, and the high schools, for some reason, are all modular and white. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it feels like a quintessential Foo Fighters song and a glimpse into what they would eventually become. But for me, and I know we were speaking about their songs um, after this, their albums after this, uh, I find that they're hit and miss personally for me when it comes to certain albums, certain songs. I think that's why I've really only heard the singles uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm doing it all wrong. Maybe listening to the singles are bumming me out, and maybe the tr the deep tracks are where it's at. But this one didn't really. You can't say that though. Much. Ever long in my hero exists. Yeah, well, that's true. But there, I'm sure there Born are. Born to songs. fly exists. That's a great song. Okay, okay. And you also brought that up. Video. Like I was just gonna say, you brought that a couple times. Brought that up a couple of times. I'm too excited. I can't even talk. <laughs> we have not mentioned that music video. Okay, uh, that might actually hate, be better never long. <laughs> you can you can hate the Foo Fighters music as much as you want. Watch these videos on mute, and it is fantastic. Dave Grohl is a morbidly obese man, or something like that. That was, <laughs> that was great. Oh my god! Uh, all they actually just, they all play like multiple roles too. It's yeah, because the, they, they uh, Eddie Murphy attendant. that music video. Yeah, uh, it is fantastic. It is the greatest. And then even uh, Big Me off their debut, great. Great oh, video. the Mentos commercial? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that one definitely is of its time because you don't see Mentos commercials anymore. Yeah, I guess not, eh? Yeah. Whatever happened to them, those were really successful commercials. Like, uh, super successful. The green apple ones are delicious. They, I did like the candy ones growing up, like the ones that weren't mint. <laughs> right? So good. Um, not, so for this song, though, not sure i would have went with a fade out ending on this one did any other song on this album have a fade out ending i didn't make a I, note of anything i didn't make note either but if it did it i didn't notice it must, it must have been have fit, supernatural yeah. yeah super ghostly uh, <laughs> i didn't uh, notice <laughs> I, like i think this would have benefited more as a ring out because again it is like the last track on the album so like yeah so we uh, we'll get into this in a second, but we listened to the Spotify version, which has a 14th track, which we are actually not technically scoring for this review, although we accidentally did. So we had to go back and change some shit and only um, realized while so, recording. So if this is truly the last song, this went out on a very weird kind of abrupt fade out. Like mm -hmm. this doesn't feel like a good ending. So like. I don't know why, like, out of all songs to do a fade-out, this is the one they chose. Like, and they've done noisy shit in this album. They could have done a noisy fade-out in this album, yeah. like, too. Like, it would have been fine. I would have gotten it. I mean, like, there's that close-up to that theme I thought they were doing with noise. But, like, I don't know. I didn't like the ending. I was just like, you, the quick fade-out was just like, eh, that's, that's not working. That's not how you do it. Yeah, that's, uh, I didn't notice any of the ways that the songs ended. I, I don't know why certain 
albums or songs I'm more harsh on because I noticed, but this one I didn't notice at all. Um, I do wish that Walking After You was the last track. I think that would have been nice. Um, just sort of the slower kind of walk away. But I don't know. This I didn't hate this song. I just didn't really find it that interesting. The drums aren't sticking out. The bass is just doing its bass thing. It's not crazy or crazy in a experimental, hey, let's try this way. Um, it's just a rock song, period. And that's yep. what I got from it. Welcome to rock music. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a rock song. And that's it. Um, so that should technically be the end of the review. But so what Savannah and I didn't realize, and she brought it up literally while we were recording this, <laughs> uh, that so we have song 14, the color and shape of the here's the kicker. Uh, apparently, it's like a, what, a 10th anniversary, like special edition song. Yes. Um, so while I've been on Wikipedia on and off this entire episode, I did notice that track four quote unquote 14 on Spotify, the color and the shape is a B-side that was released as a 10th anniversary a thing. B-side, you said. So, yeah, yeah. So, a B-side um, to the B-side of the album. Wow, holy shit, it's like a D-side there. <laughs> oh, and I, I looked up the, uh, that's what it was. When I was looking up the uh, the divisions of songs for the vinyl sides, you oh, are yeah. correct. Obviously, it is a double uh, double vinyl. It would have and to be pretty I, long, yeah. And when I didn't see this one at the end, I was like, what? And then went to Wikipedia and then thought, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, no. So uh, real quick then, because we, we technically both wrote a review for The Color and Shape. So we'll, yes. we'll read that now, song 14, The Color and Shape. But I will note that we are not counting this song towards our review. We had to rescore <laughs> the album really quick, minus one song, which sucks because I, I will tell you straight up, I do like this song. Like I, yes. I actually, I thought it was cool. Uh it's uh, it was interesting to get to the end of the album to get the title track, but then to find out it's not even on the album feels even weirder. It's like <laughs> right? it's like Queens of the Stone Age with Air Vulgaris. Like I love that song, but it's not on the album. It's like a bonus release like later on. It's just like Man. why? It's the yeah. it's the title track. It's supposed to sell the album. Um, but I love the grungy punches all over it. I thought it was cool. Super heavy, loud, noisy, just a lot going on. And actually, it's funny because, like, I know I mentioned Nirvana earlier. And, like, it, this actually gave me uh, flashbacks of the song Endless Nameless, which, like, closed out that album. Yeah. Like, obviously, this one it has, like, a lot more structure to it and everything like that. But maybe it's just reminding me of that because uh, Dave really reminds me of the drummer from Nirvana. I can't even do it twice. God damn it. <laughs> All right, well, you're recovering. I'm just going to spit out all of my notes because they're really all one lines. Uh, damn, we're really going out with a bang, aren't we? Assuming that this was the last song. Uh, oh, excuse me. Haven't I heard this song from 1994 Pearl Jam? Even the screaming reminds me of Pearl Jam. All I can say about this song is chaos. Uh, I like it. The drums, the bass, the punky, rock, punky, rocky, grungy sound. This has like 45 false finishes, but I kind of like it. I would listen to this one again for sure. Yeah, I, I I really did enjoy this one. It just it sucks that it doesn't end up going on our uh, ah. final score. I'll tell you right now, I scored the song 9 out of 10. Um, I do uh, 
decimals. So I did 8.9 out of 10. I, did decimals <laughs> I have as- to be a dick that much. I, I do decimals too, but only by 0.5. So like, it's, yeah. it's kind of like no pennies exist here. Only nickels. That's, how, yeah. that's what we go by. So, that, so we technically both scored at 9 out of 10. If you want to round up, both 9 out of 10. Uh, so with that high score, unfortunately, it is axed from the rest of the album. Because so it, it also to anyone asking why we're going to do that is because we've done albums in the past uh, where there are like songs in the bonus release that feel like they're part of the album, but we haven't added those because we're doing the original release only. So to be fair to those other albums and to make sure we don't have to do like a hundred reduxes or oh my God. seventy nine reduxes since we've <laughs> <laughs> we've only done eighty episodes, uh, we are not adding the color and shape, but. Just know that we love it, and I wish we could have. And there you go. There is the uh, the deep track I was talking about. Maybe I should be listening to more Foo Fighters to find gems that I wouldn't normally hear. Those like, first four albums, I'm pretty sure, are pretty good to go. Yeah, I think that's really all I think of, because anything, I think anything while I was in high school, so from about 2002, 2003 on, I don't, they all sound the same to me. Um, but before that is pretty diverse, which is nice. All right, so minus the title track, there you go. There's Foo Fighters, the color and the shape. We're done talking about the album now. We're all the way at the end. So thank you very much for making it all the way to this part of the podcast where we're done talking about it. We want to hear what you have to say about it. Do you agree or disagree with what we said about the songs? How do you feel about them? Let us know. Comment down below if wherever you're listening. Audio, video doesn't really matter. But there's more you can tell us too because now it's time to move on to part two where we rank the songs on the album. So I guess we'll just do that now. So on the video version above our head, boom graphics have changed our names and there are numbers there's gonna be more names song names to be specific because that's what we do from least favorite to favorite worst to best whatever you want to say that's what we do yeah and now yeah. there's one less to do because there's not 14 on each side there's 13, 13. on each side all right uh, wait hold on i'm gonna actually have to underline not underline that one so i know not to read that one so the color shape can be uh, taken <laughs> off of my list here um we, we said we'd save it for the list, so I guess I'll just tell you now. Originally, I had the color and shape at number four. Oh, uh, I had it at five. Ooh, okay, so it wouldn't <laughs> match anyway. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah. But hey, I mean, like, it's still, like, in the top half of the album there, right? So, I mean, yeah. like, it was still a decent enough track. I like that song. I'm actually kind of disappointed, but I like it. It's good. All right, well, actually, I'm going to use the cross-out effect on my list here. There we go. Even better, so that way I definitely don't read it. So Ooh, now we got to Someone do- took word 101. <laughs> all right so we are going to cross that uh, maybe uh, i'm going to get so confused about this because i didn't rewrite the numbers on my li- my pencil list here uh-huh. anyways 13 to 1 let's do this now so I, i'm gonna have to read my list so weirdly now so uh, song number 13 see you yes <laughs> yes oh, there's our first match of the day I didn't uh, care for it. This is, oh, this list looks shitty. Because uh, the thing is, like, I didn't fix it on my pencil list, so I'm yeah. going to have to read the numbers weird, and then I'm going to have to, like, yeah. um, I don't know. I'm going to have to, like, write over them as I go. Number 12, Hey, Johnny Park. Number 12, February Stars. February, oh, that's unfortunate. I like that one. Uh, Number 11, Wine, wait, no, yes, 11. Number 11, Doll. Yes. Cool. That's two matches. Unlike last week on Public Enemy when we got zero to what, 15? This is the comeback. Oh, wait. Uh, what, what do we need? Like five more, I said, to get that number 100? Maybe. I don't I hope know. We don't miss if we miss it on this know. one, I'm very sad. But we, we've only read three and we've already matched two, so that's pretty good. Yes. 
All right. So number 10, wind up. New way home. New way home. Okay. Uh, n- I'm crossing out the numbers as I'm going and rewriting them. So this is really awkward. Number nine, new way home. Uh, walking after you. Walking after you. Number eight, <laughs> walking after you. Wow. This is really making me up in arms. <laughs> up in I wonder if uh, we didn't have to take out that song if things would have matched more in this port. Maybe. <laughs> oh my, are you fucking kidding me? Number, uh, oh, and wait, no, number eight, sorry. No, wait, number seven. Again, my list is out of order. Number seven, Monkey Wrench. My poor brain. My poor brain for having to figure out how this works. <laughs> this sucks. Number six, Up in Arms. Number six, Wind Up. Wind up. That one that has a, a bad course to it. Number five, enough space. Yes. Wow. <laughs> well, we're good. Hell this yeah. This one, yeah. Uh, so what was my number four is now different. So my number four, my poor brain. Uh, number four, hey, Johnny Park. Or hey, Johnny Park. Hey, Johnny. Here's Johnny. Anyways, uh, stupid reference. Yes. Number... Yeah, we're not doing that one. So, okay, we're good now. Song number three, My Hero. Oh my God. Yes. Wow. That's four. Ooh, that's four. That is. I can. I was going to say, I can literally take a screenshot right now and show you my oh, list. I believe you. So, you know. What are you but lying there, about? <laughs> no, there is no. There's just, we have not had this. So, I feel like I feel so suspicious because well, I come after you. <laughs> I, I have a. Hold on. So it's like I'm. I feel like it's so suspicious. I I, I feel like you're. You, you would chalk me if your number one wasn't matching mine because my number two <laughs> is February Stars. My number two is Monkey Wrench. I think we just broke a record today. <laughs> what is it? Five. That is five matches because our number one is Everlong. Yes, it is. That is five matches. So, like, by ratio, it doesn't really beat it by number, though. Five matches. Yeah. By the way, that is 100 lifetime matches <laughs> on the Foo Fighters. Finally, we hit number 100. That's and Everlong was the song. The yeah. song that we showered the most praise on is... And I said, I love this song. Everyone loves this song. And it's proof everyone loves this and song. And now, the, okay, hold on. I'm going to have to... I'm going to open up our Instagram real quick because I, I need to be certain... Got to scroll all the way back to our Nine Inch Nails rating because at the point of recording, this the Public Enemy one is not up yet. Uh, so we had zero for Public Enemy and ninety-five lifetime matches on Nine Inch Nails. So we hit one hundred in this episode. We finally have a hundred lifetime matches. Holy shite! I that cannot believe that so many came off this album. I honestly was not expecting it. So when we matched with CU, I was like, okay, yeah, we never really said like, oh, we like this one. I'm like, whatever, maybe it's shit. And then as it's going on, I'm like, okay, I feel like he thinks I'm just making this up now. No, <laughs> why? But it well, never happened. You happens. can't lie on the spot about it. It'd be so controversial. <laughs> yes. Oh, and actually, we, we had a crazy. number of one-offs in the middle there where we were rolling our eyes. So, I mean, yeah. there you go. That's fucking crazy. Okay, right. okay. Well, that much is crazy. So now we get to see if things get can get crazier. Does Savannah have another A-tier album on her hands? Because who knows if we like it that much, right? I fucking hope so. Well, let's find out. So uh, let's transition screens and find out. Swish. 
Alrighty then, here we are on the album rating screen. So uh, we've made, uh, I guess we technically did make some history today, five matches. So now we got to find out where Foo Fighters, the color and the shape, it goes on our list. Uh, And last week, I I can't remember, Public Enemy came just below Kate Bush and above TV on the radio. So now, will this go higher? I can't imagine it going lower at this point. (laughs) I I think we're... I'm hopeful, but things have gone awry before. So, well, things went awry today when we had to actually alter our score wow. by subtracting a song. That that is true. But we got five matches, so I mean, I wonder how many of those actually would have happened if we kept it right. So, it's fate. It is fight. Because I'm usually the one who opens my calculator and gets the scores. I I really want you to go first on this one so I can be the first one to know. But no, I'll go first because it is an album that you chose. Damn right. Uh, So in my calculator, I got to punch in my new score. Yes. Uh, Because I'll even tell you my old score, too. That's fine. The one that we're not going to use, but then I'll tell you my new score as well. But like, yeah, um, so I'm thinking of telling this now or after I tell you my score. I'll tell you after the score. So I'll okay. just, uh, actually, I'll tell you after we have the album rating and everything like that, too, because that's honestly dependent on that as well. Um, so I actually quite enjoyed this album. Yeah. And if I look back statistically on the albums that you have uh, given us to rate so far, this is the one, highest one I've rated that you've given. It's the first A tier I've given that you've actually given us with a new score of 80.76. My original score was 81.42. I had to round up. <laughs> How do I even round this up in my calculator? Because the score comes out to 80.765. So it's like dead in the middle. Right. We'll just call it 8.7, 80.77, whatever. So the, oh my, that, we, we nearly dream theater that yeah. within one. Um, 80. So 80.77. This is above, oh, I forget how to say this, Krungbin, and uh, not as good a system of a down, but I don't give a shit. It is now number seven on the list. There you go, because, yes, you got your second A-tier album, and the first one I've ever given an A-tier that you've actually put on the show. And so Ah. now I can actually tell this portion of the story real quick. So as I was going through this album, listening to it, and I'm noticing, like, some of the scores were low, some of them were going high. But after a while, I was like, this is a pretty damn good album. And as I was getting closer to the end without even, like, adding up my scores, I was like, I think I have an A-tier on my hands here. And as I did that, I, I I scored it down, and then I had to look it up because I'm like, did she has she ever picked a, like an album that I've, I've personally a tiered? And the highest before this was Michael Jackson with seven point no seventy eight point eight eight. The only other a tier I picked. Um, <laughs> but that was the highest one I scored that you gave. So like, yeah. I actually had a genuine smile on my face. I was very happy for you that you you scored two technical A's on this album, even with an altered score. I, I, one, cannot believe that we've had five matches of, of songs, um, which is the most that we've ever had uh, for one album. Uh, we had almost identical, if not identical, scores. We both ranked it an A, uh, A minus, and it made uh, number seven on the top ten of our uh, album. So I would like to say that uh, tomorrow, downtown, there will be a parade. It will start at 3 p.m. and it will last until 3.10 when I eventually get kicked out. 
And I like you have to wait a week for this because we record this a week in advance. <laughs> That's fine. Um, the You'll forget that, about it by the time it happens. The day, no, the day we're recording, tomorrow is the parade. So if you're listening to this on release day, oh, you've already missed it. Sorry, can't go. So you're the only one down there in front of the Tim Hortons or something like that. Exactly. I got the 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 velvet uh, royal crown and everything. Yeah, well, that that is uh, that is certainly dang impressive. Uh, so it'll never happen again. Five matches. Uh, we we both a minus it within zero point zero one points. Uh, your second A tier and the first A tier of season five. Yeah. And it's only the second episode into it. So I feel like season five is probably go. I would like to venture to say that season five is going to be the best one yet. The age of Savannah, huh? I fucking hope so. <laughs> we, we will see. I mean, I don't want to say too much about the schedules, but we, we will see. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all I can really. I can't say literally anything. Without <laughs> we will see. I'm stoked. But yeah, holy shit. Here we are. Uh, episode two into season five here and like it's it's not like the top tearing up on the whole thing but this this was a pretty impressive episode all around and i'll even tell you that like when i was finished this album like listening to it i was like you know what? i'm gonna have to get this one on vinyl yeah i liked it <laughs> it's, original score 81.42 so i mean like anything in the 80s i have to have on vinyl if it's available so i'm gonna have yeah. to like look for this one now because i like it hell yes I'll keep my eye out for it too, even though I don't have anything to play vinyl, but if I like something enough, like I think I only have four or five right now, I don't have much of a collection, but they're albums that I really like and that when I do get a player, I'll be listening to. So. Well, th- this one's a very special album for the show. Now this one, this one hit marks in many different ways. I love it. Every season we have something like a new album that like breaks a previous record type thing. So this is very interesting. So that brings us to the end of this apparently historic episode of the Right Record Podcast. And thank you very much for joining us, hanging out with us today, listening to the music with us, and telling us your musical opinions. I'm trying to burp, but also I'm trying not to burp because I can feel it building up and it's bothering me. Regardless, let us know what you thought of the, this album, the songs. Where did you rank them? Where did you rate the album? Do you agree or disagree with us? We want to know everything because that's kind of what the musical discussion community thing and musical commentary thing is. So down in the comments of wherever you're listening to, you can comment there or you can comment on our socials because i mean there's also that over there facebook instagram tiktok but all of that and all the streaming links where you can comment as well are it's found at rate the record.ca including uh, requesting the album you can get our merch and everything like that and I, why do i feel like this oh yeah kofi.com slash rate the record ah. you now if, if you like us enough to want to financially support us that i didn't mention at the beginning of the show there, that option is too. Uh, bonus content, early access to uh, podcast episodes. We'll review your band song, give you a shout out. There's things there. So by all means, if you want any of that, kofi.com slash write the record. All found at write the record.ca. Heck yes, it is. Whew. Uh, see, I'm starting to shake off the rest of doing this a little bit, but I've obviously still screwed up a couple times. Well, and the excitement I can imagine is coursing through your veins. I, I was I was excited when I ate to this because I figured that you would too, and it, like mm-hmm. I like how you only just barely did. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I was just like, I think Savannah might have another A tier here, her second one finally. Yeah, I so. just I'm baffled that our score is so close. Like, but I I did erase the score uh, with the color and the shape on it, the song, um, but I believe it was like eighty one point three six or something. So it's still pretty close to yours. Yeah, because mine was 81.42, so that yeah. still would have been pretty crazy. Oh, yeah? 
But yeah, uh, so thank you once again. Thank you very much for joining us today. But just before we go, we actually do like to give like a little sneak preview or like a little hint of what's going to be happening next week on the show. Um, I was trying to think of something to write for this. I didn't write anything for it because uh, mm-hmm. I will tell you that it is a band that we actually have done the show before. And uh, as of recently on the channel, it's gotten quite popular. Not that particular episode, just the band in general. So uh, go to go through our YouTube and just like look at all the popular videos and then watch the most popular one you can find and that might yeah. be it who yeah, knows or watch it like five six times just in case you didn't get it the first four all the so, way through to make sure you get all, all the information the yeah 100%. <laughs> something along the lines of that so yeah that's what you can anticipate next week i'm actually pretty excited for next week's episode it should be uh, uh interesting uh, we don't often have bands come back on the show so this is, should be cool to do uh yeah. so until then go listen to some awesome music like uh the foo fighters for yeah. example with the color and shape yeah. and we will see you again next week so take care friends Bye-bye.